0: Okay, balls. 750 milliliter bottle of rum. Welcome to the Velocity Podcast, a study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. So, Velocity Podcast is back. Uh, essentially, just to get rid of some administrative stuff so you understand what's been going on, what's happened. The hiatus lasted longer than I actually intended it to, but that's just because life was not as kind as I had hoped. Uh, It took me a while to get everything back in order. I still, honestly, probably just like you, haven't really got everything in order, but you know, there's a semblance of what the world's supposed to be like. I, I don't know what I'm even saying right now. The intent going forward is that I will make two episodes a month. And those two episodes, even then, I'm not actually holding myself to that schedule right now. And I think the reason I'm feeling that way is because I was, oh shit, I'm bleeding. <laughs> I'm bleeding all over my leg. Just a second. Should I start again? No. This is, this is raw. This is real life. Okay. So my plans, whether these are successful or not, irrelevant. I have Velocipodcast. I want to do two episodes a month. It isn't going to be exactly as it was before. It's going to be a little more freeform, and you might be like, "Dude, it was pretty random in the first place." Uh, yes, that's true. It's going to be more like a blog right now, and that's because the organized ideas. I'm trying to organize some of my core sensibilities. For a lot, philo- I don't know, some of the core concepts of Velosa podcast. I'm going to launch into a new podcast. So what my intent is, is one of each every week. So you would be getting, if you subscribe to both, an episode every week. It's just this one is going to be just stuff. Whatever I'm thinking about, random ideas, things that don't tend to fit into any format. The other one will be deeper dives into single topics. So the first one I'm planned out is actually looking at the sensibility of a company within a video game structure. Maybe even expand that to movies. Those take a little bit of time, structure, and planning. This one is everything else. The reason I'm not holding myself to a schedule is, is because the weekly schedule, when things got tough, like I felt obligated to release an episode and sometimes I was just scrambling for material and I would take core questions that maybe I wasn't actually as interested in as I could be. And I want it to be stuff I'm actually interested in talking about I'm thinking what actually might happen is I might start talking a little bit more about politics, a little bit more about news around the world. I do Ninja News Japan. That's actually gone on for the whole hiatus period. I think we're at like two full months, maybe even getting close to three right now. So it's not like I had stopped, but I am going for light humor comedy. It's, I think comedy is a bit strong for what I do. Uh, I am going for f- you know light humor entertainment as a feeling, and that's hard to do when you have larger concerns. Ironically, this first episode is like a massive bummer for me, which should, I assume, prove hugely entertaining for you to listen to. Uh, It's not funny at all. But that's actually kind of the point is if it's not funny and I just want to talk about it, this is where that kind of content is going to land. So I'm excited to be back. What I've found in general, though, is that organizing my time, reorganizing stuff, making new plans... In the long run, it makes me more productive. I get more done. So, essentially, Ninja News Japan was launched from Velosa Podcast. Daily Affirmations was launched from Velosa Podcast. This other podcast that hasn't been quite released yet has been launched from Velosa Podcast. Those ideas were just organizing elements from Velosa Podcast. So, this is the birthing arena for what is essentially slowly becoming my own podcast network. It's just the sheer volume of content I want to produce. I can't do that quickly, and I got to scale back individual items so I can produce more overall. Thank you for coming back. I mean, I know this is probably a subscription. It disappeared from your feed. You forgot all about it, but then it came back. And I'm glad you clicked on it again and downloaded it. Uh, hopefully, we get 200 more episodes that are 200 more better episodes. If not, please feel free to let me know. Uh, And now let's get into one of the shittiest experiences I've had in recent memory. Yay. Uh, One of the things I have noticed is all the sort of tragic stories I've told on the podcast have been the popular episodes. Uh, The ones that get shared around the most are the ones that people like the most. And I think it's that as far as comedy goes, yeah, it's it's amusing. I'm never funny. Maybe humorous is the best I could ever tag because I'm not telling jokes. I just tell talk about funny ideas so there's no sort of moment where the punchline hits you but the tragic ones because you're sort of seeing the horribleness that exists in the world but not having to experience it directly uh, people kind of like that i did get a a nice review during the hiatus though so i want to read that Uh, one man many listens peter brings a comfort to his podcast that can't be easy when he's doing so much himself instead of rushing or dragging it's just a great time having him in your ears. So thank you, Raising Hellier, which is a, a great name. I'm not 100% sure I'm saying it right. Raising Hell is clear, and then it's YR, Raising Hellier could, could be the name. I don't know. You might have to write in and actually let me know that. Uh, people sending messages. The reviews are great. I do love getting reviews, uh, good ones. Everyone only wants good ones. But that's great. And it does make your podcast more searchable. So I would appreciate if you do that, but I don't want to push anyone to do anything. Uh, That's just not why I started doing this. But sending me messages, leaving messages on voicelink.fm slash VelociPodcast, that has been the highlight for me. Talking to people on Twitter, interacting with people, meeting other people from other places, that is the bit that gets me most jacked about doing a podcast. So if you... You can send an email, but the voice link thing, you can actually leave a message. So thank you if you've taken the time or effort over the last few years to send a message. I really appreciate it. That's maybe the most important thing. So if you've listened to the podcast. Now on to the sad story of me losing money. Now I have to be a little careful in my words. So you might find this one particularly heavily edited, but it's going to become clear why later. I lost a significant sum of money. Clearly not enough to ruin my life or end anything. Uh, If you've listened to the podcast, you will know that I'm into cryptocurrency as a concept. I enjoy the idea of internet money. I really like the idea of sending money directly from one person to another with no sort of institution involved. Uh, I like direct transactions for purchases. I like the idea of internet money. That just really appeals to me. I had over the last few years built up some extra money. So I had done the investments uh, very slowly. I never put in that much money in the first place. So I was never going to have like a big payday. But I'd put in money consistently. And then when there was a little bump, I sold. And I did did it the right way. When it was high, I sold. And when it was low, I bought. But I had a pool of money that I used. This is like when I used to go gambling. I don't do that anymore. Uh, but very good thing to learn If you're going to invest money, only invest money you're willing to lose. Willing isn't really the right word, if we're being honest, but that you're able to lose. Because if you can't survive after you've lost that money, you're screwed. Because there is a very good chance you're going to lose money on any investment. That's just the truth. Uh, Long-term mutual funds guaranteed by the government is probably the only one you can do. We've actually learned in recent months that the government for all we know may fail. So even that's not a hundred percent. Basically over that time, I had doubled the money I had invested, which is really good. So I was like, let's take that money I've made. That's basically clear profit right now and find an investment with a cryptocurrency finance institution. And the idea is they have computers that do microtransactions all the time. So they're always making tiny amounts of money, but it's cumulative. So over days and weeks, they make tons of money. They probably take 70, 80% of it, but they give you all the leftovers for using your cryptocurrency. Uh, And I'm fine with that. I actually believe that they should make their money. And as long as I get my cut, it's all good. So I went looking for some and I found one called Crypto Exchange FX. And the promise they made was that in a week to 10 days, you would make a 20% return. Which, if you're in investments, is impossible. Like, it's just straight up impossible. So I was like, I I don't, I want to look into this. There's no way this can be true. So I looked into it and I found an article on Medium, medium medium.com, where they were talking about how it's a real company, a real financial institution that does the things it says it's going to do. And then I found a post on Quora and that post was actually an apology uh, for a previous post where they had accused them of accused crypto exchange fx of being a scam and they said and this was them apologizing for having rushed to conclusions and not followed instructions closely or carefully so that made me go maybe it's a real place that does a real thing 20% is a lot of money so i am not afraid to test the waters i'm going to take the minimum amount you can invest Now we'll go to the website and I'll invest that and see what happens. Because if it works out, that's great. But again, I'm doing the minimum, which I can afford in this instance, because this is all money I've made profit over time anyways. So I made the minimum deposit. You get this page uh, that's your account, and it has how much money you've invested in each cryptocurrency. It has a little counter at the bottom that countdowns the days to zero. Counter hits zero and I get an email and it says, please give us the address you want the payout to be sent to. I send them the cryptocurrency address. And an hour later, I have my initial investment plus 20% in my account and I'm shocked because this is a real thing. And then I'm wondering why isn't everyone doing this? Now I'm still not gonna throw all my money into it. I'm not gonna go buck wild. I wanna keep half my money available and liquid so I can use it online or make an investment, or sell it, or buy it, or whatever I need to do, and then the other side, all that sort of profit money, that will go back into this, that's my plan. Uh, Again, I'm not greedy, I do wanna make money, but I understand that conservative diversification is probably the better way to make money in the long run. Also, I don't wanna risk everything I have in sort of one basket. So I make a second investment. It's slightly larger, but again, I haven't gone crazy wait for the counter to count down, Uh, nothing happens. So I wait a couple days, and then I send an email to support at cryptoexchangefx.com saying, hey, my counter has gone down to zero, I haven't got the message for the payout, Uh, what's going on, what should I do? And they say, oh, there was a problem with your deposit, you need to top up your account and that'll reset it and then you can get all your money back. I thought, I'm not very happy about that, Primarily because they didn't explain what the problem was. This is the issue where now I am basically on the trust side and, I want to, and I've want And i made my 20% off my first investment, so I wanna believe this is gonna work out. Now you know it doesn't because of the way I introduced this story. So I pay what they want. So this is a significant sum of money now in there because it's double my initial investment and that's not as much as I wanted to put into this one thing. Then, they say, great, it's topped up. I look at my account. It is both deposits in one thing and it's fine. So I'm like, okay, whew, I haven't lost all the money I just put in, uh, but I am nervous because again, I want to keep a certain amount of money in my hands. So down at the bottom of the page, there's a withdrawal button. So I click that and I put in the address I want to withdraw to. And then I immediately get an email saying, you've tried to withdraw too quickly. Our system has tagged this as a spam attack. And so you have received a temporary suspension. Oh man, I just got everything worked out. That is bullshit. They did not tell me I had to wait for an email. Now, this is where I'm thinking, this customer support is pretty horrendous. So I say, okay, temporary suspension. Is that just a length of time? Uh, What do I need to do to get that lifted? So this is where it gets a little scary, is the customer support says to me that you need to deposit $1,500 American Of cryptocurrency, and that will release the suspension on your account. Now, I legitimately do not have $1,500 to spare. This is peak COVID. I've just gone on furlough, and my next paycheck is gonna be like maybe half what it normally is. So I don't have extra money. I've used all my extra money to get to this point where we are now, really. That's why I was trying to withdraw. So I say, well, what happens? if it's a temporary suspension, can I just wait? Apparently their version of temporary is really just until you give them more money. So it's really a suspension permanent until you pay out. So now I'm starting to really feel sick. Like, oh, this has all gone wrong. Uh, I should have gone with my first instinct that this was not a viable solution for investment. But again, the first investment worked out the second one didn't, the third one to get the mistake fixed actually worked. And then this next thing was kind of my mistake. I tried to take the money out technically when I wasn't supposed to. So I just, I'm really honest and say, look, I don't have $1,500. I cannot deposit that much money just because I don't have it. So what can I do? So they come back with 500 bucks. Now, I do have 500 bucks left in my cryptocurrency account, and I'm thinking, this is it. Uh, I have to be really careful. So I say, I will contact you when I make the deposit, and you tell me to go ahead. He said, that's fine. Your, your money is safe with us. It's just sitting there in that account. I contact them and I summarize everything that's happened and say, I'm going to make the deposit now to lift the suspension on my account. Is that okay? Should I go ahead? He says, yes, go ahead, and I deposit the money. Then nothing happens. I wait a day and I send an email saying, can you confirm receipt of the funds that I deposited to lift the suspension on my account? And the response I get makes my heart sink because the response is, there was a problem with your deposit because we were upgrading our system. Every other cryptocurrency, not the one I used, was fine, but the one you used had a problem. So we we weren't able to confirm receipt of your deposit. I said, well, look, I made the deposit in good faith. I even checked with you that I should make the deposit and you said, go ahead. So if you were upgrading your system, you should have told me to wait. So this is clearly a problem on your end. And their response to that was to just not answer my email. So I sent another email saying, look, there is a public record. I've sent this final deposit to the same address as a previous deposit. It shows that the transaction went through so you can see that you've received the money Will you release the suspension or at least just return the money I've deposited? I'm not even talking about profits anymore. Just give me the money I gave to you back. No response. That's where I start to feel sick. Like really sick. Because I've just taken all this money, years worth of small investments, and it's just gone. And they can just ignore me. So when they talk about cryptocurrency in the Wild West, this is what they mean. Like there is no one you can appeal to. There is no name connected to the address. Uh, There's nothing to really, I mean, it's very easy for someone to take advantage of you. So now I feel sick and I'm like, what do I do? Because the biggest problem right now is this is actually embarrassing. Uh, I don't want people to know someone has taken advantage of me or tricked me or I've lost a bunch of money which is counterintuitive considering I'm now making a podcast about it. But I went for about a week just feeling awful. And then I did a very Buddhist thing and I realized like, that money's gone. So let's just stop and accept it. So I sat one night and I was just like, just, okay, don't think about getting the money back because you're not going to. Just accept that that money is gone. And the next day I felt a lot better. And that's when I started to think, okay, what can I do? Because the most important thing for me is that someone in a similar situation doesn't get taken advantage of the same way. Now, the problem is putting this on the internet means that you're going to get people who say, oh, you got scammed. You're an idiot. You're a fool. They're going to take advantage of that moment of your weakness to try to tear you down. Because tearing down other people on the internet is how other people feel good. Because it didn't happen to me, it happened to you, therefore I'm better than you. I've experienced this kind of thing a lot in my life. People trying to tear me down to make themselves feel better. Uh, Because you don't end up feeling better. You just both feel bad. Because if you're doing that to someone else, you have some kind of problem in your life. You don't fix that problem. And you don't actually feel better in the long term when you make someone else feel bad. So I thought, ah, this is something I need to explain. So the reason I want to put this on the internet is to help other people. And if you shame me into silence, then you're actually helping the people who take advantage of other people on the internet. Because you're not getting the word out. That's what we actually need to do more than anything else. We need to get it out there that this is what happens if you go with this company. The reason really no one would fall for the Nigerian print scam now is because it's been on the news. You've heard about it. You've heard about it a dozen times. Uh, You get that email. It reads like something you know because you've heard about it already. And so hearing about it already makes it sort of shines a light on it. That means they can't take advantage of people anymore. And that's what I want to do. I want to shine a light on it so that no one else ends up in the same situation. Because there is the very small chance this is still a legitimate business. They just have the worst customer service ever known to man. Now, my personal feelings aside, I'm out money and money I put into their system in good faith. Now is the next step is to be active. So the first thing I did was file a complaint with the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission in America, because the website says that they're in New York. So I focused on New York and America. Then I filed a complaint with the FBI IC3, just sort of their Internet section. Then I thought we have to actually get the message out to other people. So I went to Gimlet Media. Reply All is one of my favorite podcasts. They did one on scammers in India. And they actually went to India to talk to them. And I thought, you know, this might be the kind of story they're interested in. So I typed it up and I sent it to them. And I've started sending it to other places, again, in the hopes that someone will pick it up and actually get that message out so that other people hear about it. So that again, they don't get taken advantage of in the same way. I've also found cryptocurrency websites and cryptocurrency news sites. And I started sending the same message to them. Now, I am a little cautious. And that's because of the apology I saw in Quora. Because now, in retrospect, I realize that that apology had very specific language in it. And one of the sentences was, I understand that defamation is a very serious offense and, you know, prosecutable. So what I think is that guy accused crypto exchange FX of being a scam and they have a lawyer or they have like a form that they send out and they accuse you of defamation and they start going after you in a litigious way. And that would end up costing you more money if you're in my situation in this investment thing in the first place. So it's not worth fighting. You end up just apologizing, which is them sort of kicking you in the nuts when you're down. So I'm not giving you my opinion about this company. I'm only giving you the facts in order of what has happened because there's no way that can be construed as defamation. And that's also why I might have to go back and edit bits. So this might sound more heavily edited than previous episodes. So yeah, I feel like crap. And this isn't how I wanted podcast to come back. But if this platform can be used for anything, hopefully someone else will not lose their money the same way I lost mine. And that, to me, is the most important thing. So this is part two. I'm recording this a week, maybe a week and a half later than the first part you just listened to. Uh, Part two of what is clearly going to be an epic saga. Because I don't know how to let things go. The reason I'm recording more is because there's more to say because I almost got ripped off again. Uh, So I've learned about a new scam that I almost fell for. Uh, this time, now, now I'm clearly more cautious than I was before. Uh, not willing to try things as easily as I was before because, well, the world's hurt me. And now, now I have uh, that to deal with. I have filed my complaints with the FTC, the FBI, uh, the Better Business Bureau, uh, things like that. <clears throat> One of the more interesting things I did was I was looking at, uh, see if there were any services. And I found fundrecovery.com. The the name is very telling as to what they intend to do. Because in some cases, they will actually get you your money back. But what I've learned about it is this is called a chargeback scam. So uh, I wanted to see what they were all about. So I sent them an email. And in the email, it says, tell us your story. And I told them your story. And the first bit of suspicion i had was they actually hadn't read what i wrote and that's a bad sign uh, because why am i giving you this information if you're not going to take in the information Uh, they just want to get you to invest time so that you're already kind of committed and then the next thing they want to do is get you on the phone really badly uh i hadn't given them the information that i was in japan so they kept trying to call me but i think they were calling america and once they get you on the phone, it's sort of really hard sales. The guy talks as quickly as humanly possible. Uh, they try to talk to you for a minimum 20, 30 minutes. Again, this is time investment. So that you feel like, you know, if you don't do it, uh, you are more, you're, you're waste, you've wasted your time. Now, that's one of the few things I don't fall for is uh, the time sink idea of you've used this time. Uh, you know, you have to have something to come out of it. After I learned about it through car dealers, like car dealers will try to keep you there for hours and hours and hours so that you buy a car that maybe you don't even want or isn't the best car for you because if you spent the whole day at this car dealership walking out with nothing, it makes you feel like you've wasted your day. What they do is they they talk about it. The, the most interesting part of the script is clearly, I mean, all these call center places are scripted. It was really noisy, so it was really hard to hear the guy. Uh, was that whenever he brought up the fact that you had had money stolen from you, he said the phrase, I can't imagine what you're going through. I can't imagine how you feel. Some variation on that. And that was interesting to me because I was not upset. As I said in the previous part, I have come to terms with the fact that I've lost this money. It's my own fault. Uh, That money is gone. You don't invest money. You're not willing to lose. And that's what has happened. So, of course, I'm not happy about it, but I'm not grieving over it. Uh, if we went through the stages of grief, I've already gotten to the reconciliation stage. I'm okay with what's happened. But he, was, he kept talking to me like this. And, and this was, again, to create a bond of sympathy of some sort uh, and put my feelings first. But because I wasn't upset, every time he said it, I was like, that's weird. It sounds It's weird that you're saying that to me. It's weird that I'm hearing this again and again and again. I talked to them and I wasn't really happy with the explanation because they threw out uh, 93% of our cases. They get their money back. And it they the company takes 10%. Now, 10% seems like a very fair deal. If I lost $100 and you take $10, you know, a fair number for you doing this service. But I, I looked into it more to try to find out what was going on because the 10% isn't all they take. And it's not based on success. There's a $500 upfront fee. That was a lot of money and money that basically I'm not really willing to spend anymore. Because again, I don't really think I'm gonna get this money back. Now the first thing they do is they start talking. They don't talk about the people who scammed you. They start talking about the financial institution that allowed you to get scammed. So this is how I figured it out this is actually called a chargeback scam. It's not really a scam um, in that they're cheating you. What happens if you get scammed on your credit card, uh, you can contact your credit card company and get a chargeback if you can prove that it was fraudulent. The credit card company essentially has insurance, they'll cover that, they'll give you your money back, uh, and then you're fine. It doesn't really cost you any money at all. These guys do that for you take 10% of your money and the $500 upfront fee. So you can see, they're actually charging you for a service that you shouldn't be charged for. Uh, If it was honest and upfront and upright, they would go out and say, look, this is something you can just do yourself and maybe explain to you how to do it. If you don't want to, you could pay them. I would be okay, that would be a great service. The problem I had, first of all, was... I don't know if the same rules apply to the cryptocurrency thing that I get my money from. Because they're talking about uh, they have allowed me to be defrauded and that money could be going to fund terrorism, which is technically true. And there are international laws about funding terrorism. So a lot of these companies, what they do is they will just pay back that money once they get the form to just make this go away so they don't get in trouble. So they don't actually end up having to deal with any of the stuff that comes afterwards. But it means the fraudster, the person who committed the fraud, they don't get punished at all. And I actually get to keep the money they had. So it's essentially free money for them. You get your money back, but well, that's great. So I wasn't comfortable with that. I wasn't comfortable with the idea of going after the financial institution that allowed me to buy cryptocurrency that I, you know, messed up. Because really the only person who should be punished here is me and the guy who committed fraud. So I wasn't really comfortable with that. And that maybe have been the thing that pushed me to do a little more research. So at that point, I I basically just cut them off. I didn't want to deal with them this way. And I'm going to continue filing complaints uh, anywhere I can to to try to make something happen. Now, again, I don't expect to get my money back. But if I could get the website shut down or something like that, I thought that great. So I went and looked up the who is information for the host of the website. And I've actually sent a message to the host and it's called Hostinger and I sent a message saying like this website that you host uh, is has committed fraud and they won't give me my money back and the thing is these hosting companies are actually informally complicit with the people committing the fraud they're allowing it to happen now I assume the company doesn't know what goes on so this is why I sent their message it was really simple it was look I went to this website I deposited funds, they won't release the funds now, they've committed fraud, uh, I think you should know that a website that you guys are hosting committed fraud, they sent me an email back saying we take this very seriously, do you have any proof, I said look I'll send you the whole email chain, and I have the FT, I have the FBI IC3 complaint, a copy of that, I can send you that, it has a lot of personal information, but you know I'm not a big fan of that, and then a couple of days later it said the account has been suspended. And I was really excited because I thought, oh, maybe I've actually achieved something. Now, honestly, the guy who runs the fraudulent website is really just going to move to some other host like within the same day. So there won't be any real disruption to his business. But again, any bit you can do to make it that much harder for someone else to get defrauded is a win. But then I went back to the site the same day I got that message and the site was still there. So I sent another one and I'm waiting for a follow up to that. So I don't know if there's going to be a conclusion to this because I'm going to just keep going. Basically, what I do is every day I submit a different complaint to a different entity of some sort and then see if it follows up. And now I'm going to start going on to social media. I could post on elsewhere on Quora, which is one of the places I actually saw that reinforced the positive review for the website before I made my initial deposit. And then hopefully see if I can get some sort of result that way. Uh, I've been doing research on people that expose fraud. I've been doing research on on cryptocurrency websites and stuff that might take this kind of thing seriously. Try to get the message out there. So all I'm really going to say is be real careful. Um, Even the people who are out there trying to help you, they might be out there trying to help you lose some of your money. I mean, yeah, they do help you get most of your money back, but they're taking an unfair chunk of it for themselves. Considering... Uh, they might be providing a service that you can get for free. So look into that. Again, hopefully I can find other ways to maybe annoy them every day. And if one of them should be successful, maybe that'll be my new job. Annoying scammers. Not, not successfully taking them down. Slightly annoying scammers. So this is being recorded a week after the last bit. Uh, not much has happened. I've had one significant development. I contacted the hosting website for Cryptocurrency Exchange FX and told them about my situation. Uh, They said they take this kind of thing very seriously and they would look into it. I waited a few days, didn't get any response. I actually, again, not expecting a lot of responses from different things. But what happened next was I got an email and the email said the offending account has been suspended. Now that to me meant that that website would be gone or that guy wouldn't have access to it anymore or anything like that. So I went back to the website and nothing had changed. It was still sitting there. It was still going. I thought, ah, okay. Again, not expecting anything to happen. This wasn't a massive disappointment. I went back a few days later because what I'd been doing was dropping in and leaving comments that uh, I had deposited money they refused to return it. They stopped, to, they stopped responding to my emails. You should be aware of that. And that shows up on the front page every day. Uh, and then, of course, the day, by the end of the day it was gone and I would just go back and repost it. So I was going back to the site really regularly. But the other day I went to do the same thing. I went back and a big red screen came up that said that this site is dangerous. So I don't know if it was the hosting or one of the other many complaints Uh, that I had posted actually had an impact on, but someone somewhere got the message and put a warning on it. It said that this was a site responsible for phishing, which I guess is technically true. They get your address. They try to get you as much information as possible. uh, Inoffensively, again, this was a really good scam because you actually have to be proactive to let it happen. And that's the bit that kind of tricks you because scammers come after you, you get defensive. This guy just sits there lets you do the deposit, gives you the, res- gives you the money for the first one and then takes all the money on the second one. I had this conversation with a friend and he said, it's a good scam. And I said, yes, it's a very good scam. At least there's a warning on the website now. now does that mean anything's going to change for me? No, but it does mean that that guy is having less success than he was before, which is at least a step forward. And so the next step is going to be getting it out in the public Uh, posting it on more forums, more places, so the name gets out there more. I've actually found some, not necessarily organizations, I guess individuals who are really into this kind of scamming and stuff, and they actually make lists of websites that will rip you off, and I want to get it on as many of those as possible. So the work is still ongoing. I'm still trying to make it happen. Basically, I know that the eventuality is that this website probably will get shut down, but then one week later, the guy will just reopen with a new website with a slightly different name and run the exact same scam the exact same way. He probably has all his source code, like the images and stuff for his website, all in a folder, upload those. I mean, that could be done in an afternoon. Essentially not even losing, at at worst, he would lose one day of taking money from people. That might be a lot of money, but it's not a huge pause if you think about the whole process ongoing. We haven't quite got to the finale. I want to actually release this episode soon. So there may be some small updates in the future. I think just like I recorded this, I might record those as they go along. It'll just end up being an episode in itself so you actually get sort of the final details. Again, I actually haven't touched cryptocurrency since this experience. And that to me is kind of the saddest part. It's something I was fairly excited about and trying to find ways to use. I have now stopped using altogether. Again, because we hit covid Uh, I was at home. We had 60% salary while I stayed at home. Uh, I didn't lose money by not working, but I certainly didn't make extra money. I guess right now what I'm doing is circling the wagons, waiting till everything gets back to a more semblance of normalcy so that I have a more steady income. But now I think the thing is, I don't feel like any income is effectively stable anymore. And that might be... A whole new attitude for a lot of people going forward is the money I have, I got to keep that money because I don't know if my company's going to survive another pandemic. I don't know if I'm going to have a job two years from now. So risky behavior like investing, I mean, that might just get pulled back a lot. I don't know how you feel about it, but regardless, be very careful with your money. I don't even know what part we're on anymore. I think it's four. Been obviously weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, I think in the last section, going to edit it together. So if that's true, I'm going to cut this out. A warning now comes up if you try to get to that website, and I feel like that is the result of my actions, and I hope it is. What I was doing the other day was I was checking my spam because I do writing for different projects and stuff, and new emails come to me and they'll end up in my spam folder, so I have to check that fairly regularly. And I started noticing a new email for a cryptocurrency investment opportunity that has the exact same parameters as the one I just got taken by. It's exactly the same rate of return. It's got sort of the same tiers of investments, that kind of stuff. Now I didn't click on it. I didn't do anything with it yet. I was thinking, do I have the energy and the wherewithal to kind of go after it? For all I know, it's the exact same guy. His website, probably showing less traffic now that every time you show up to it there's like a phishing warning so logically speaking he's just going to move on to a new website the only benefit of the website he had is it had been there for more than a year that gives another sort of taste of legitimacy if your website is long-standing if it's only been there for two weeks uh, people are a bit more suspicious or they might be more suspicious or if it's been there for a long time okay that means that maybe it's a real company doing real stuff. Now, my concern is that my email address is on a list of people who got scammed. I don't know if that gets shared around. Like scammers would sell that information or they would just, as they open up new scams, new fake investment opportunities, start sending you emails on that list. It's just automated, I'm sure. Uh, We got money from this guy before. Maybe we can get him to give us money again. I am hopefully one of the people who's learned from his lesson. But there is a part of me that goes, maybe we should go after the guy. Because again, I don't know where this guy is. I don't know who he is. Uh, The agencies I've contacted, I've heard nothing back. Again, as I expected. Are they going to do anything? Is this guy ever going to get caught? How much money has he made? Because he took me for a fair sum. uh, And I was conservative in my efforts. How much money has he taken from people who invested more money initially and then their second investment was massive because they got real greedy real fast? I didn't have the money to be greedy, which I guess is something to be weirdly thankful for. As far as stories go, this is probably the end of it. If there is an update, I will absolutely update because I know this is the kind of thing that people are really interested in. But at the end of the day, I don't see there being a lot more forward motion on this. So I can't see there being much more to talk about Um, unless something exciting happens. I am going to type up most of this story and post it to Reddit, which I haven't done yet. I've been kind of stalling on that, not procrastinating. I'm actually a little nervous about it. I created a dummy account so I can post through that. And I'm going to take out sort of any identifying information. Only because one of the initial posts I saw on Quora was a guy apologizing. And clearly he was apologizing because he'd been threatened legally. And I just don't need that extra stress. So I do want to get the story out. I just don't want to, you know, deal with the fallout of some guy attacking me back. This ends up being some sort of back and forth thing. I know that a cease and desist or a defamation claim probably holds no water. But if you have to defend it, that takes time. And if it takes time, that actually means time out of your life and money and stuff, which I don't want to commit that much to it. I'm happy to post negative reviews and inform people and do things like that. Uh, I do not have the money primarily for a long legal battle with no purpose. If I thought there was something I could do that would actually help this guy get caught again, whether I get my money back or not is irrelevant. If I could get this guy caught so he would stop scamming people, absolutely. I would contribute to that. Uh, but please be very careful. The internet is a scary, scary place and it's not fun to get burned. The loss, of, the loss of 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 podcast the loss of podcast hey sexy friend he's making me his bitch thank you for listening leave a text or voice question or comment at voicelink.fm slash veloci podcast you can find the podcast on itunes stitcher a cast or go to velocipeter.com slash podcast sexy out homies